This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Welcome in. Grab your favorite drink, uh, whether that's uh, coffee if you're early in the morning or maybe something a little stronger later in the evening or whenever you really like it. Um, um, you can do whatever you want. I'm not here to judge. we got a great episode for you this week. We finish up Craft Beer 101 with Kevin Patterson. We talk lagers here in Tasting Notes in just a little bit. And our conversation is with Johnny Day. He's got some new music out, country artist, but he put his love of country music and family when working in the oil fields to make the dream come true. It's a cool story. He's got a lot of fun stories to share including several involving his wife um, that are just uh, great and you don't want to miss that and don't forget to check out our hops and spirits kentucky podcast if you love things that are going on in kentucky in the alcohol world check it out you can get more at hopspirits.com but let's not waste any more time and get into the fun it's almost time where did i where, where did i put those here they are <laughs> it's time for tasting notes as we close out our craft beer 101 series here on Tasting Notes, we have once again Kevin Patterson. He's a Cicerone National Beer Judge. He's also the manager of the Beer Tramp Craft Beer Store and Bar in Lexington, Kentucky. And Kevin, thanks so much for talking IPAs earlier and then sours and now lagers. Happy to do it. It's been a lot of fun. I can't wait to see what we get into in this segment. Well, I was going to say, you know, as, as we talk in between and, 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 you know, while we're doing these, you know, you, you teach a, a beer school at the at the beer trap and it was kind of funny you know there used to only be like one class for sours now there's a bunch and you know for loggers i'm sure there's a lot of misnomers out there too and i'm sure you're also doing more and more classes on that as i feel like that's a style that has been around forever but is now maybe making a little bit of a comeback in terms of what people are willing to go after absolutely you know loggers you know just like the other beer styles are well suited year-round um and it used to be thought of even you know not too long ago a couple of years ago uh well lagers that's what your dad used to drink you know have that connotation with it but now they're back they're full force and they change some too there's a lot of variety whenever it comes to lager beers as a matter of fact we just did a class on dark beers for summer you sometimes you forget the dark beers actually well suited for summer and a lot of those are lagers too so lagers don't have, just have to be the light crisp fizzy stuff uh, that your grandpa used to drink that your dad used to drink it can be a a uh, lot of variety going on in the lager side of the, uh, the beer making spectrum as well. Well, and it's not just a macro beer style. Like you said, it, it is a, it can be a craft style and one that can be done. A lot of things done with it. And, and for those that are curious, you know, you see lager a lot, but you also see Pilsner out there. Are they the same? Are they different? Are they kind of close cousins? <laughs> yeah. Lagers just means that beer has been basically fermented cold with a yeast that handles the cool fermentation particularly well. Uh, traditionally, before we had refrigeration, that was about the only way the brewers had to do to control fermentation to any great degree is just brew whenever it's cold. So we brewed during the summertime, but they brew enough to kind of last them through uh, through the summer seasons as well. Um, but the term Pilsner is a very specific type of lager. Most people assume those terms are interchangeable, and they're not quite. Uh, the term Pilsner refers to uh, the city of Pilsen and the grain that they developed early in the Industrial Revolution in Europe where they were able to um, basically dry grain out without using an open fire, thus the smoke and the nuttiness and caramelization that would happen to those grains didn't occur. So the grains stayed light in color, they stayed bread and they stayed fresher. Uh, the key was to dry it out so they wouldn't rot. You, know, you want to make sure the brewers get a hold of those grains and make sure they rot them intentionally with yeast. And so um, once they realized they could dry grains out by using hot plates, it really does preserve that natural grain characteristic of, of the beer and really it's most you know, fundamental rudimentary and rustic way and so once they learn to make beers with that that's whatever they call the beers of pills and or pilsners so all those light crisp easy drinking lagers you know, you know a lot of those techniques have come to america and we've dumbed them down and now we have to you know pretend to you know like them by selling you know um talking frauds and scandal clad women on you know commercial ads the bud miller course um, those have always been out there, but the true loggers, or I'm sorry, the true pilsners of German, the Czech Republic, and other places in Europe, um, they've been very strong for a very long time. And when they're done properly, they're very good. Well, and then you mentioned too, there's so many styles of a logger. What are, what are some of the most prevalent ones that we see today, um, whether it's at your store or at the bar or at the brewery? 
Yeah, one of the most crisp, refreshing dark beers we sell is a Kostrisser Schwartz beer. Schwartz beer is a black beer, German. And so that's a very dark beer, but it is a lager. It's smooth like a lager. It's crisp. It's actually quite refreshing. Dunkels are another one. That's a darker style. Uh, Doppelboxer lagers. And so you have a lot of variety when it comes to the dark and richer spectrum of beers. Those beers can be just as complex as any L's. Um, they can be just as strong as a lot of L's. But let's not make any mistake about it. The Pilsner type of um, lagers are the most popular ones. Uh, we keep one on tap, the Hofbrau original. We have some great ones in the in the bottle as well. Some come from Germany, some come from America. Um, you know, so th th there's a lot that goes on on that side as well. Well, and you know, you, you mentioned you know, kind of going into the the realm of that they can have a little more flavor, they can have a little more body. You know, I think of one that I've I've had around here is a Hellas style lager and, and things like that that are even at five, six, seven percent. Yeah, there's two new Hellas that just made their way out to the local market. One is a bearded Irish called the Pep Talk. That's a brewery that we normally think, well, they make the hazy IPAs. Well, they also make lagers. They make this really light lager that's quite good. Three Floyds, they came out with a beer uh, that was to give homage to the two favorite stores near the brewery. They call it the Speed Castle, and that's kind of the Hellas Lager. Those two special stores are Speed Castle, I'm sorry, uh, Speedway and White Castle. And so that's why they call it the Speed Castle. Uh, but that's a very easy drinking, crisp, refreshing beer that has less body than a Pilsner or Kell or Stella Artois. It's lighter, crisper, and even more refreshing than those. And, you know, when people also see like the word ale out there, you know, something um, that can be thrown around a lot, is that in the lager family or is that something different or, or what is that? Yeah, that's something different. If you look at the overall category of beer, just a big umbrella that just has beer on it. There's two smaller umbrellas underneath there. One is lagers, which are fermented cold with the yeast that's used to handling that. On the other umbrella is ales. And so there you got um, fermentation that happens more like room temperature uh, with yeast that's well-versed to handle those temperatures real well and give you pleasant fermentation characteristics and pleasant flavors. So those are two major uh, categories. Uh, we had a guy to come into the beer trap a couple of weeks ago. He says, uh, yeah, I, I like L's. Do you have any L's on tap? And I looked around. We have 14 beers and 13 of them are L's. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, it depends on, do you want a hoppy one? Do you want a dark one? Do you want a sweeter one? We have Imperial Stouts. That's that type of L. Uh, so I'm done, jumping off this. So he asked for the one beer. The Hofbrau, what's that? I'm like, oh, that's the lager. He says, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> and so, yeah, people come in and they want to talk beer, but they don't really understand beer. Uh, what I encourage people to do is just come in and ask some questions and don't be afraid, you know, to, you know, basically say, hey, I'm new to this stuff. You know, can you help me understand it just a touch? And so that's what we'll get into. Um, but yeah, when you're looking at ale, it's usually looking at fuller flavors, more complex flavors that come from that warmer fermentation and those yeast that, yeast that usually produce those versus lagers, most lagers, especially pills, just, are just going to be cleaner, smoother, more refreshing. And like you said, they're not always just a light color either. They can be a a darker color as well. And and I think you, you, you said something very important there as well. Feel free to ask questions because I'm pretty sure every brewer, every good bartender, every you know person like yourself that's a Cicerone and, and so forth wants to talk and help someone find the drink that they will like. No question. When you come into a beer place, trust me, you're not the weird one. We're the weird one. We're the ones that only decided to do beer. You're the one that's actually well-rounded and, and well-versed in a lot of different things. When you come to our store, you're not going to have all the answers. Um, but there are people there who do. They're called employees. Go talk with employees. We'll help you out. Well, and, and that's what I love about this, because you can go up to someone and say, hey, I kind of like this with this. What do you have? And usually you can find something pretty similar to that, or at least something that uh, might be be fun to try. And that's the other thing to do is, as we kind of wrap this up, is do be willing to try things. Exactly. And sometimes you come in, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I want. Well, well, let's just get you a beer to try to, so you can have something to drink while you figure out what you're drinking. And so a lot of times that is a Pilsner, just something, something familiar, something really nice. And as soon as you tell somebody, hey, this reminds you of, of Stella Artois or Pilsner or Kell or, oh, Heineken or something like that. It's kind of like this, but maybe a little bit better. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, let me just do that. And that allows people to get acclimated to the space, acclimated to the selection, so they have a chance to digest. Uh, the menu is just a little bit more. 
And I, and I love that. And also, too, if you do go to a brewery, most are allowed to give you at least a little bit of sample to try something, uh, maybe not on their most expensive products that they have the least amount of, but a lot of them are, are willing to let you try things. And it's, it's a great thing. And, and Kevin, thank you for talking lagers, sours, IPAs, hazy IPAs, NEPAs, and so much more with us here on Craft Beer 101. It was a fast hour. I'm glad I was here. Thank you, Jonathan. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations for our conversation here as we're wrapping up July, part of Craft Beer 101 on the tasting notes. And I feel like it's fitting that this guy is on here. It's country artist Johnny Day. Johnny, welcome in. What's up? How's it going, guys? How you doing? I am good. And and the reason I say I feel like it's fitting is you literally just put out a song not that long ago called uh, Every Beer, Every Bar. And I'm like, my goodness, could it be better than Craft Beer Month on the podcast? <laughs> Man, it worked out great. It worked out great. <laughs> so, wrote, we wrote it for you and we oh. released it right now just for this moment <laughs> I, I appreciate that so much and and, yeah. and and in honor of the moment i'm drinking a little little beer normally i got whiskey but i went a little little bell's tropical oberon since it's you know summertime you got anything good tonight oh man i got i honestly right before we came i had like i put a little bit of vodka in here but that's it i didn't go too crazy just a little something something you know wind down the night but it's just, I Kind of a little bit of pop, you know, so. <laughs> keeping it simple. Nice little mixed drink. A nice little mixed drink. Yes. yes so, now, now, do you obviously you enjoy a beer? Do you enjoy a little bit of vodka? You enjoy anything else, or do you like to just be be smart, be safe, and and you know behave yourself? Man, um, usually, usually, if I'm out on the town and we're like going to have some fun, usually I get like I'll get some whiskey. You know, I like whiskey. I love a good scotch. I don't know who doesn't, you know, I love scotch, man. I could sit around the campfire for like six hours and just drink scotch and kick back and talk, you know, that's one of my favorite things to do. So, I mean, other than that though, on a daily basis, um, I'm drinking more. I, I drink a lot of water, you know, a lot of water. I drink a lot of diet pop too. Cause it's, you know, I love who, who doesn't like some pop, you know, it's, oh man. You can tell where I'm from too. Exactly. <laughs> Diet pop, Coke Zero, dude. Those Coke Zeros are good too. The zero sugars or whatever, they're mm-hmm. crazy. They're crazy. Yeah, got, that's that's one of my uh, um, weaknesses. Is 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 that and um, you know I I just can't get enough, especially when I want to sit. Like you said, you sit around the campfire or you know we got a little bonfire pit out back, and I'll pull a little whiskey, a little Coke Zero, and it's a perfect night. Oh man, yeah. It's like okay, this is where I'm. This is where I need to be. Yeah, that's how it feels. Now, now you you mentioned, uh, or maybe you didn't mention, but I know looking at your TikTok, you did a top five beers video. Is that your actual top five, or or, or are we just you know going with the big boys? Because all I saw were big boys. And those were it. like those were like domestic, more like not your you know that's not your specialty, your log- loggers or anything like that. It's, it was just kind of like you know like you're guaranteed to get this wherever you go exactly exactly so no like crazy awesome beers that are like you know brewed for who knows how long and taste like a you know a malt you know it's crazy so yeah we didn't do anything like that but we should have we were actually talking about that we're gonna i think zach and i might go and film another one and talk about our favorite crafts beers and you know so yeah we might go back and do that but i mean i do like a good michelada i was watching that video actually and I was like, man, that's probably, I, you know, Coors is, you know, banquet beer. I'm from Colorado. You know, it's kind of like, man, we grew up in high school. It was like banquet all day. You know, that was like <laughs> our rally call or our rally cry. And so I definitely had to give a shout out. But I do like those chiladas even, you know, though it's kind of a off weird thing, you know. Yeah, when they're done right, I enjoy them, but I don't often enjoy them. You, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, I feel like, to mix something in with beer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But and I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of weird like that, dude. I like I like weird stuff, you know. <laughs> That's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing now, you know. <laughs> you got to kind of be weird to be a country musician, you know. Go out well, there and not work a normal 9 to 5 and you know, try and chase some chase some crazy dreams and do some crazy stuff, so 
Yeah. Well, and, and I feel you have to be unique too to do, you know, TikTok and social media these days. I mean, I, I'm guessing you picked that up maybe, you know, during the downtime of the pandemic. What, what's it like um, doing those and how much fun do you have? Oh man, uh, doing TikToks, man, that's a double-edged sword. I'm, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sure a lot of people will tell you that um, any musician or artist trying to promote themselves on TikTok or Instagram, uh, you know, it's, I have fun. I have fun. There's, there's a lot of moments where it's like, yeah, this is awesome. And then there's some other moments where it's like, man, got to do another one of these. My goodness, you know, but it's the name of the game. You know, it's the name of the game right now. And if you want to play, you know, it's, that's what you got to do. So I'm in it. I'm in it. Well, and you, you bring in your family too. Do they enjoy being brought into that? Or, or is that kind of like you got to egg them on? My daughters do. My wife does not. She does not <laughs> like it at all. I put a can. I have to like, I have to, you know, I got to, I got to tie her hands up, you know, and kind of bribe her with something. Be like, hey, I'll take you out to dinner tonight. <laughs> something like that to try and get her to do it. But, you know, she's a, she just doesn't like being on camera, you know, so, and, and, you know, I don't honestly like it that much either, but, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you just got to do it, you know, if you want to be out there and play in front of people, it's kind of, you know, once you do it enough, it's kind of just like you're performing, you know, it's your, you're at like a performance going out and playing a show for people, you know, and it's honestly really good practice too, when you look at it with those, with that type of perspective, so. But my wife, she doesn't. She just wants to, you know, be at home and eat, eat her food and watch her TV shows and let me do all say, that crazy stuff. She can be the camera person. I mean, does she at least do that for you on occasion, or are you full on <laughs> on by yourself? <laughs> I'm pretty much by myself. <laughs> she does it sometimes, but it's a uh, yeah. She's not. She's not very much help, unfortunately. So it's all right. Well, you I still know. Love her. Well, I was going to say there, there's a lot of love there. You, you guys are, are married. You got several kids. You got several, several youngsters. I think my favorite story though, that I read involving her when I was going through your TikTok, was that you turned down her proposal to you. Yeah, man. Can you, that's can you tell good, that story? You, man, you're for, dude, Jonathan, man, you did some homework, bro. Oh my goodness. This is <laughs> Wow, not to put down any of the other interviews I've done, but my goodness. Um, uh, uh, yeah, dude, that's actually a crazy story. So my wife and I, we were actually, we weren't engaged, right? We, we, we weren't anything. We were coming from Bible study, and I love Jesus. Anyone that knows me knows I love Jesus. And, you know, I love to have a drink. I love to have a beer. And I love, and, and, but, and I used to be really crazy back in the day, too. Like, I was not the person I am today at all. I was a crazy I was out of my mind, but yeah, so <laughs> we were uh, at a Bible study from one of my childhood teachers. She actually started from one of my child. Uh, we were at a Bible study and it was with one of my childhood teachers, my high school teachers. And, uh, we were going over some stuff and, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, man, like everything's going pretty good, but there's still like some chaos, you know, in our house. And, and I'm sure anybody that's in a relationship can relate to that, you know, where you're, kind of in situations or it's just like the atmosphere is uneasy you know and especially when you're young and you're just dating and things were crazy back then <laughs> um so i was like man i was just looking for peace and we were just reading the bible one day and i'm like you want to know what and she kind of knew i wanted to get married and so we pulled up to this walmart after we left the bible study we kind of talked to her and you know went over a couple verses and whatnot and then we pulled up into a walmart and i'm like give me your wallet because i forgot my wallet at the house and she knew real romantic real <laughs> romantic exactly it was not romantic at all it was not but our relationship man was pretty it was it was not the typical relationship um so she grabbed it ran inside the walmart and uh bought me a ring <laughs> it's so hillbilly this is so like hillbilly hick stuff right here um uh came back out it was way too big like <laughs> Wait, it wouldn't even fit on my finger, and uh, <laughs> I turned her down. Yeah, just like the story. I was like, "No, nah, I ain't taking that." Like, I'm sorry. And she's just sitting there looking at me like, "Are you serious?" Like, you know. And then uh, she hates it when I tell this story because it makes her look like you know. Because I was honest, I was chasing her. The fact that I ended up with her, I married out of my league. You know, for sure. <laughs> I definitely married up. And so, uh, um, 
I went back the next day and got her a ring and proposed and she said yes and whatnot. And then we got married six months later. And then six months after that, I moved to Nashville. So it's been, man, it's been nuts. It's been nuts. Well, and and you, you touched on it, you know, going to Nashville and, and, and so forth. I mean, you were working in the oil fields uh, back out in, in, in Colorado. What, what did that kind of fuel your love though of music working in the oil fields kind of to be able to pay and do some things? Oh man, it opened so many doors for me and opportunities and really allowed me to, you know, show everyone around me that I wasn't messing around, you know, cause I was putting my money where my mouth was, you know, I was, even before I had a house here, I was flying back and forth to Nashville like twice a month, you know? So and that was expensive. My gosh, I think about it now, <laughs> how much money I spent on rooms and, and cutting songs. Like, I don't know if you ever talked to country artists, but, you know, when you get into this whole world of cutting songs and producing stuff, man, we're kind of, you know, trying to do it smart and save your money because you could spend a fortune. Man, you could blow $100,000 trying to make a record out here. You could, man, and not make any money. So, you know, it, it goes to show you can blow your money. You know, but I didn't blow my money, thank goodness. So, um, uh, but yeah, I was definitely putting my money where my mouth is. But it definitely made me happy for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be out in the oil field, man. A lot of people don't know this, especially my bosses. But I always have my earpods on, man. I'd be singing. You know, I'm just out there getting down, having fun, singing all the time. And I was always working on music, honestly, even when I was at work. So it's just it's one of those things that fueled the fire. So. Well, and I, I'm guessing that fire started at a young age. I, I read too where your mom helped uh, get you into a band as a teen, kind of pushed you in along the way. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, well, she knew I loved guitar. I saw one of my buddies, his older brother, he was playing. And I told her, I'm like, Mom, I really want to play guitar. And uh, so, yeah, she went out and bought me a guitar. My dad wanted to buy me something that had to do with football. And he, he you know, he hates that I give her all the credit for this, but she, it was her. So um, uh, she bought me a guitar and the rest was history. And uh, I'm forever in debt to her that, you know, she went out and did that. and Just opened up a new door for me. And then, you know, I got into a, to a cover band when I was a teenager, when I was like, when I just turned 13. And that's where I really, you know, cut my teeth and really learned what music was and how to play live and, you know, get out there in front of people and, and just let go, you know, cause as a kid, you don't really have opportunities like that in band class where someone's <laughs> just like, all right, go make it happen. You know, go, go rip a solo kid, you know? And that was me. That's what I was, that's what they were telling me to do. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. So Man, it changed my life forever. I would not be here today if she didn't buy me that guitar, for sure, for sure. And then, so. I, wasn't the, there was a show too that I, I believe kind of also maybe pushed you across that line into that? And was it Brad Paisley? And and that's kind of where some influences came about, and you just had to have his his guitar and maybe his. Well, that's amp. what got. Yeah, that's what got me into the oil field was his guitar and. Um, uh, well, having a guitar like his guitar sound, just the way his sound was playing guitar, and um, it's still to this day, man. I'm still, you know, just as in love with it as I was as a kid. And um, you know, Brad Paisley, I saw him. I think I saw him when I was a junior in high school. I believe it was when it was when it was, and uh, he was playing guitar and singing. And I didn't really sing. I sang a little bit up to that part. I wasn't like you know out singing all the time um i was doing some harmony stuff here and there and singing in choir but not like crazy i was mostly a lead guitar player and then i saw him you know just tearing it up and and all the girls were going crazy <laughs> and i was like man that's what i want to do that right there and i'm like that's what that's what i'm gonna do and so man i'm that's what i'm doing <laughs> except i got my girl so now it's just you know writing number ones and going out and shredding you know so that's that's a that's where that's how it started <laughs> that's how well, and, it started and you know besides brad i mean who were some of those influences growing up music wise because i'm guessing you were like a lot of folks you kind of if if you had an ipod you hit shuffle and it could just go through any genre of music yeah oh dude of course just i'm like just like you i'm sure i you know 
I was listening to everything. I went through different phases of my life, just like everybody else, you know. I went through the pop phase with well, as a kid, I had no choice but to listen to Kelly Clarkson because that's all my sister. I have two older sisters, and that's all they would listen to because the vo- or what was American Idol back then mm-hmm. in like two thousand five when she was you know when she won it. Oh man, that seems like a long time ago. Holy mackerel! People probably don't even know she was on American Idol, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah, I heard I listened to a lot of that stuff, and I listened back to some of those songs too from like the two thousands. I'm like, man. My gosh, I can't believe you know. I'm like, wow. This is, but you know, some of it's really good too. I'm not dissing on anybody, but some of it was like, man, I can't believe this was on the radio. But uh, um, uh, yeah. So that, and then my mom, she was big into Pink Floyd and Metallica, and you know, so I listened to all that growing up. But playing guitar for me, a lot of it in my early days was Randy Rhodes and Ozzy Osbourne. Like I was. I was obsessed with Ozzy Osbourne and mostly Randy Rhodes, his guitar player. And then, uh, you know, went through that phase, went through the Jimi Hendrix phase where that's all I could eat, sleep and breathe was Jimi Hendrix. And then the Led Zeppelin phase, you know, and then I went into the reggae phase with Sublime and all that good stuff. And Bob Marley, man, I had Bob, man, I wore that Bob Marley legend CD (laughs) out, you know? So, man, I've been all over the place country, but you know, as a kid, my dad, I'd go out on the road with him. And he was a truck driver, and we'd listen to George Strait just for hours because that's all he had was just George Strait tapes. And it was, like, just ingrained in me. So um, uh, I blame it on him that I'm still doing country <laughs> music. <laughs> maybe country music with a little rock, a little rock, maybe a little reggae, maybe a little, little fun. In yeah, there. there's a, yeah, there's a little bit of it in there, you know. There's a little bit of all of that, so it's great. I love it. I'm music is fantastic. Anything that's just good, you know, you know it when it's good. It just hits you, and you're like, okay, this feels good. And that's, I think, anybody. That's what they're after nowadays. It's kind of you can go outside of genre, but as long as you, you know, stay true to yourself and make music that makes people surprised and interested, you know, that's what it's really, truly all about. Just like Sting said, you know, <laughs> like you know, the police. I was gonna say, That's you, what he you, says. So I was gonna say you had some good influences a- along the way that you could pull from. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm sure you do too. I'm sure you do too, man. I mean, we're we've been blessed in this century, in this age, with many great legendary artists and musicians and bands. So it's been incredible. Well, and you know, for you growing up in in uh, northeastern Colorado, what kind of impact did that have on you and your your music? Because I'm guessing. It was a little different out in the oil fields and then just different, you know, growing up. Man, it was, uh, in the oil field, it was, it was pretty all over the place, man. I would, uh, I would be one minute we would be listening to, you know, Marachi music. Cause you know, that's just who was out there. You know, it was like, you know, we were building stuff. So it was like, you know, listening to some accordion stuff, you know, and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, it bounced like rap music. I, I never got crazy into rap music, but I still, you know, I still dabbled in it. And then, uh, um, uh, but like growing up, growing up in northern northeastern Colorado in Kersey, where I'm from, it was one of those things where, man, like it was it, everything revolved around music. That's what we did. You know, we just we didn't have anything to do. There was just country roads and your car. And you just drove around and listened to songs. And man, those were those are the days. And I just sit around, you know, listening to these songs as a kid, just thinking, man, how did they get it to sound like that? You know, and that's just always interested me. And uh, that's kind of that's why I'm at where I'm at now. So especially like, you know, I don't know if you played football. Did you ever play football? I did not. I played basketball and golf. (laughs) <laughs> Did you play that? Well, so you know, though, you know, like you guys had your songs, mm-hmm. you know, that like you'd get pumped up to. And man, I can still remember those songs. And like, man, those were some of like the most meaningful songs. Or like when you win, you won a game. I think we always would go and listen to all Around the World or whatever that disco song. We'd all dance stupid and stuff. So, but like, I still, I remember all that, you know. Or when like Skrillex came out, you know. Oh, did wow. the whole, yep. you know, the dubstep thing. I remember that. And we were got all crazy, you know. We all listened to that for a while. and But, I mean, we were all country kids, so it always ended up back at country music. And, you know, 
can't really get it out of us. <laughs> well, so. I was gonna say it's it's in, in your blood the, these days. And when when did you know that this was yeah. what you wanted to make a career out of? You know, like working in the oil fields is great, good money, but I want to do music. I want to go country. I'll, let's go to Nashville. It's honestly, it's just been one of those things. I just always, I knew what I really wanted to do ever since I was a kid. You know, ever since I first started playing guitar, it was like, this is what I want to do. I don't know how it's necessarily going to turn out. Um, but as soon as I started playing, it's like, okay, yeah, this is how I want to spend my life, you know, doing stuff or spend the rest of my life doing. This is what I want to spend the rest of my life doing. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, the oil field was great. It was tempting to stay in there and, you know, stick it out. But, man, I – it was just, you know – it was well my wife you know she's 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 like you moved us here and that honestly it was kind of my own trick to myself because i knew <laughs> it was going to be hard to leave the money that's why i bought the house here in, in tennessee and i still worked in colorado because i was like you know i'm gonna be stuck here and trapped in this if i don't and you know i know if i buy a house out there and my kids and my wife move out there i'm gonna they're you know i'm gonna have to make the jump eventually you know so i think that was one of the biggest things one of the biggest feats for me was just getting to town and uh, I think for a lot of people out there, some of the biggest, you know, I know there's a lot of, you know, amazing artists and musicians out there that just got to get here, you know, because this place, it's just, Nashville's crazy. You know, it's just, there's no other place like it. And uh, it definitely makes you, if you were good when you got here and you stick by it and you eat your humble pie, you know, you'll be great by the end of it because you just, or else you just won't last. You know, so it's like I knew that's how I was going to get here. And that's why I bought my house. And thank goodness I did it in 2019 when <laughs> the housing market wasn't ridiculous because I got a heck of a deal. So <laughs> certain th things happen for a Speak reason. To that. <laughs> I was going to say things happen for a reason. And what what was it like, yeah. you know, finally, though, moving to Nashville and, you know, making that that your home? Man, that's a crazy that's a crazy story right there, too. So I uh, I I paid. I put the down payment on my house and and out, I, I drove home and I found out and it was the most money I'd ever wired to someone in my life, you know, because I was, <laughs> I don't know, like 20 something, 20, 24, yeah, 24, something like that. Um, and yeah, I'd never spent that kind of money at once, you know, and so I, I wired that money and then I drove back to my uh, mother-in-law's house where my wife was and she, I found out she was pregnant with our kids you know, with our, with Lila, my second. And so I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like I just fell to my knees and I'm like, all right, God, this is all in your hands now. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like this is, it's up to you. So, um, uh, yeah. So then we just, we, and I didn't even, honestly, I don't tell many people this, but you know, you're cool. And man, I really appreciate appreciate this interview, but, um, uh, I, we didn't even see this place. It was sight unseen. I just bought it. It was a killer deal. Past inspection. I was like, all right, get it. Let's go. Let's go. And everyone here in Nashville that I've been talking to and network with, networking with was like, you got to get here. You got to get here. You got to get here. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy a house. So then I finally bought the house. And yeah, it was a killer deal. But man, we got here and we, you know, we packed everything up in a U-Haul and drove, you know, it's, I think it's 18 hours here from Colorado if you don't stop. And at the time we had Amira and she was about three, three, two or three. And she was just in the middle and, and Helica was pregnant, you know? So I'm sitting there. I, I, dude, I pulled an all nighter. I drove all the way here. I was just like, we got to get this done. And we were towing the Jeep behind us. And then we get here and I get to the house and we walk in and I'm like, oh my gosh, this place is filthy. <laughs> and so i'm like it needs so much work so i put her up in a hotel and i man dude i busted my butt i refinished all the hardwood floors in here and then repainted it and redid the sink oh my god i basically flipped this house or did it back up for myself in like two weeks and then i was like all right babe i gotta go back to work in colorado and then i flew back to colorado and worked for a week and then came back and she's like oh my god i can't believe you left me you know because well, she my, my wife, yeah, no one probably. Yeah, she didn't know anybody. She didn't know anybody, so she was just like out here on her own, pregnant. And she, you know, she's very close with her family, so they were not happy with me when I bought this house. But you know, it's all good. It's all good now. But they were not happy back then. So, 
it was crazy. It was crazy moving out here. It was one of the biggest things I've ever done in my life. So now, now yeah. I gotta ask, is it true that your wife uh, said you better put on your big boy <laughs> pants and put your two weeks notice in? Is that true? <laughs> Dude, I was having trouble. I don't know if you went back, but there's a video of me that I put on Instagram and I look back on. I'm like, Johnny, you're so dramatic, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> like, come on, man. And yeah, she did. She did because I called her. It was the day I did it. And, you know, it was funny enough because my boss was coming out to do reviews with us and whatnot and kind of like tell us how we were doing. And, you know, and he shows up and he hands me my my review and he's like, well, you've been killing it, man. I'm like, yeah, well, before we get too deep in this thing, I'm gonna have to put on my two weeks. And he's like, you're you're messing with me. He's like, you're playing with me. Like, what? Are you serious? Like, yeah, man. But, you know, he, after that, he's like, man, well, congratulations. You know, is what he told me. And they're all super grateful. And, man, I I have a I have a good family back home in the oil field. And they're all my brothers. And we've been through we've been through hell together, especially through COVID when, you know, oil hit negative $30 a barrel. And we went through like four rounds of layoffs. And, you know, man, it was insane. But, yeah, she did tell me that because I was, man. That's and that's why, man. I I've suffered with those guys through a lot of stuff. So telling them I was taking off and later, I'm just not good with goodbyes. I'm not good at giving up, honestly, Jonathan. I'm not good at giving up. So when I give up a job, even though I wasn't really giving it up, but even though I was leaving it and like saying goodbye, I just, whew, man, it's a it's a hard thing for me. So sounds like I, a country yeah. song right there. Sounds like a country song. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's all songs. We just talk in songs. <laughs> share, share your feelings. Let it all out. Now, you do have a new yeah. single out that I, that I talked about at the beginning. Every beer, every bar with Zach Dyer. What what about that song drew you to it, and can you talk about it? Um. So with that song, uh, we actually, that was an outside cut I did. One of the first outside cuts I've ever taken um, besides like left hand. So it was the third one I've ever done. Um, everything else I'd always written. And, uh, w we got sent the song from, uh, from Warner brothers. And, uh, they were like, Hey, here's like, here's a bunch of songs. Like, just tell us if you like one. And I heard it. And then I saw that Zach was on it and I'd known Zach and well, I'd met him a couple of times and, you know, we were kind of getting close and I was like, man, this is a great song. This is just, this is an, a killer song. And it talks about like, man, I, I did that same stuff when I was a kid, you know, I, I drank it away, you know, that's why, man, if you're meet, meet chiladas, chiladas, they're not, that's not a good idea for this song. Cause if you drink too many chiladas, if you drink every chilada, every bar, if you do that, you're going to be one sick puppy. I can tell you that you're going to be, Oh, it's not going to be a good time in the bathroom, but <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those songs where it's like, man, this is so relatable. It's such a good, it, it just, it, it fits, it fits. And uh, I think it could be something that people really relate to and something that I can identify with. And it's really just, you know, it was my life. And for me, when I'm putting out songs, I really, I, I want to stay like true to my story of who I've been and where I've come from. And uh what I used to do and what I am now and just totally transparent. You know, that's my biggest thing is like, man, I was an idiot. I was, and not saying if you go out and drink every bar and every beer and every bar, if you're, you're an idiot, but you might become one if you get that drunk. And that was me a lot of the time, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't the smartest kid at all. And, uh, I did it. So it's like, man, I really, you know, I want to let people know, cause I have a song called two good forgivers and I got, you know, left hand heavy and I got, you know, wild and, and they all kind of shed a light on different parts of who I am. And this is definitely the party dog, Johnny. Like this was me. <laughs> this was me. I was crazy, man. So it was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's put this, it out, man. Let's do it. This, this is great. This was, that was pre-water days, right? <laughs> that was pre-water days. That was, that was, that was keg stand days. Those are, oh man. You ever done a keg stand? No, because I never trusted myself to actually drink it correctly and not just <laughs> go everywhere. So dude, I knew myself and so, I knew better. <laughs> dude, it's so humiliating too when it just goes out everywhere, but it's so much fun. Oh man, I do miss doing that. Talking about a rush. 
Well, it, we're, it, we'll have to do a keg stand if we ever see each other in person. I was going to say, if I ever make it to Nashville or you ever make it to Kentucky, we, we, we can do that. And, you know, we, when you're working with guys like Zach and then I know you, you're the producers, the 720, you got some very talented folks. What's that like? Oh, man, it's like I said, it's it's Nashville, you know, so if you can't hang, you're going to know pretty quick. So it's like one of those things where you go in and you, you just give it everything you got and um, you do your best. And at the end of the day, that's what you hang your hat on. And, you know, it's 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 inspiring, you know, to be in the room with people that talented. And it just it just oozes out of them, you know, it just comes out. And it's crazy being around people like that, especially you know, where I came from, because there wasn't a lot of musical people where I, in my town, like people thought I was like, there. The, the fact that I could play like a Metallica, so they were, it just blew their minds, you know, and out here, it's just like, yeah, whatever, you know? Yeah. That's the guy on the street better, corner. You know? yeah, that's so, the guy on the street corner. <laughs> exactly. 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 So man, being with the 720 with Jared and Blake, man, I love, they are man, two of the best producers I've ever worked with in my life. It's so nice to work with them because they bring the best out of me and we, we can sit there and dig and dig and they're down to dig with me and, and really get it right. And that's always great. And then Zach's just incredible, man. His voice is, you know, he rolls in, sings it a couple times and it's like, yeah, that's that's a take. So <laughs> thanks, man. Later. See you, Zach. <laughs> and then, so, then you're on for the rest yeah, of the day. Yeah, that's kind of how that whole thing is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Later. Later. <laughs> And then you, you touched on it. You have Left Hand Heavy, Wild. And, you know, what drew you to songs like that? Because I know those, I believe, are two songs that you didn't completely write. So what's it like trying to find songs that you may not have written and, you know, but they still speak to you? Yeah, so Left Hand Heavy, really, I remember when Jared sent me that song. Jared and Blake wrote on that song. And uh, that was one of those where they're like, "Man, this is a, this is this is a great song." And he kept sending it to me, and I'm like, "All right, all right, it's a great song. It's a great <laughs> song, dude." And it was like left hand heavy. It was about, and I was, man, for that song, I always wanted to make like, I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, not like try and preach to people or anything, but I'm also like out here, like everything I do and say is a message, you know, to people, and it's who I am, and so like I've always been the guy like my family knows it i'm like yeah get married like i think it's cool to get married i think that's like i wanted to make it cool again to go out and find someone you love and be committed to them like i think that's i think that's one of the best joys you can get in this in this life you know i 100 percent. so and i think it's it's good to go out there and like and talk about it like that and make songs where it's like hell yeah because this is i mean that left hand heavy sounds dope you know mm -hmm. I, you can't get around it. it just sounds like a cool song and Man, it's about getting married and finding the love of your life and spending the rest of your life with them, you know? And so that's where I was like, man, left hand heavy. This is great. And then with Wild, it was one of those songs when I heard it and I heard the, I heard just the, the arrangement and the instrumentation. I was just like, man, I could put a killer guitar solo on this thing. And that's, you know, I, I did my best and we <laughs> cut it and it was like, you know, it was a wild guitar solo, and it, the song was about you know just love, and I, I thought it was a good it was a good duo, and it just drew to me. I heard it, and it was one of those when it hit me right in the heart, and I was like, yeah, this is this is awesome. So let's do it, and that's kind of where that's how it happened. That's how it happened. It was one of those things where I was just drew, drew, drawn to the songs, and you know it as an artist when you like a song and when you don't like a song, and if you like a song enough to really put everything you have into it because releasing songs oh my gosh it's you gotta like the song because you're gonna hear that song a lot <laughs> you're gonna you be know? playing it, it you're gonna be... <laughs> yeah you're gonna hear that song on tiktok every time you freaking get on your phone you know it's like it's constant but it's a game that's a game that's how it goes so well and you're a songwriter yeah. too so it's, it's so like you, you know, you like you said, you've just kind of gotten to the point where you're maybe cutting some other people's songs that that are sent to you that that speak to you. But for you, when you're writing a song, is it pulling on those past wild Johnny days, or is it um, just you know ideas and hooks that come to you? How how does that process go for you? Man, for me, oh man, sometimes you hear it. Sometimes it's one of those things where you just hear the song in your head, and you're like, okay, that's it. And you just write it down and boom, there you are. And 
you know, sometimes it's one of those things where you really got to bang your head against the wall to get it right. Cause you got a vision in your head and you, you want to say something, but you really got to sit there and be like, okay, how's it? It's just like almost, sometimes it's just like writing a poem or an essay. It's like, how's the best way to say this? And how does it, the vowels sound right? That, I'm a big vowel guy too. Like we're singing, hearing vowels and how they sound, you know, with the melody and the instrumentation, that's a big thing for me. So hearing like two good forgivers when i wrote that song i wrote the first verse with hallie kearns and ali keck and then the rest of it i wrote on my own and it was kind of one of those things where it just kind of came to me i was up all night one night i was in colorado in the oil field and i just stayed up all night like an idiot even though i had to work the next day because i was like man i just got this verse and that second verse just came out of me like that and that whole song came from you know, I was listening to, a, I think, Billy Graham. Something was going on with Billy Graham. And his wife was talking, and some guy asked her, like, how do you make a marriage last? You know, how's how, how do you make it last? How do you make it last for a long time, like you guys did? And she said, it takes two good forgivers. And I was like, bam, baby. That sounds perfect to me. And I'm always, and I'm a big, I'm, you know, like I said, dude, I love Jesus. So at the end of the day, I'm all about that. I'm all about, you know, forgiveness and, you know, dying to oneself dying to our own desires which is kind of weird because i'm in an industry where it's like man you kind of got to put yourself first and drive really hard but that's what works that's why it works between my wife and i because you know i'm willing to not sleep or eat or do anything so that you know i can be with them and be out there chasing this thing and it's uh it's definitely a crazy crazy circle and my life is flying by because it seems like there's no time at all for anything you know i don't have a netflix show i can tell you that <laughs> there ain't no netflix and it's chilling for me <laughs> no, no netflix on the go scotch by the fire <laughs> drinking that drinking drinking scotch by the fire man that's how we're chilling usually well, some, my, my producers write a song gonna, <laughs> i was gonna say sometimes you got to do that but you talk about you know being your wife and kids, and you got got a, got another one on the way. I mean, what's it like trying to balance all of that? Because I know I got a three and a half year old running around here, and and life can be be crazy at times. What's it like for you trying to balance all that? Man, it's probably the same as it is for you. You know, it's just there's moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I think I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna pull my hair out because I I uh, I don't know what to do right now <laughs> and. Uh, it's hard to focus. And then there's other moments like when you get home and they just yell in your name and there's just no better. There's no nothing better than that. I, I don't care who you are. You know, like when you got just these little girls that, you know, are yours and they're just yelling, daddy, daddy. Like, man, dude, there's nothing like that. And there's a Ricky Skaggs song called Simple Simple Life. And it talks about that. And I was like, man, I'm going to cover this song and put this out because that's that's the truth but yeah just like for you man i it gets crazy i sit there i i don't sleep i don't eat sometimes but my wife also like i have to give her a ton of credit because man dude she is an incredible incredible mom she she picks up all the slack i'm leaving so without her it would be impossible and i tell her that constantly i'm like i'm living my dream because of you you know i get to come out Go out, I get to go out, play music, write songs, do all this crazy stuff, and I get to come home to a beautiful family that, you know, is going to be with me until I die. Once all this music stuff's overdone and I'm a wrinkly old man, I'm going to have those kids, and it's going to be one of those things where, man, I, I won't regret it. I can tell you that. I uh, won't regret it. I'd lo love island. to hear I'm that. I'm sure you won't either. Oh, good. You know? No. It, it, it's the coolest thing too. Although they they will put you in your place real quick. <laughs> I've learned a three and a half year old can have some sass. <laughs> there, there. Yes, yes, they can have some sass or some sass, and uh, it's also one of those things where you're honestly trying to because you got to you know just like you are doing this podcast, like you got to be on your A game. You got to be ready to go and give energy and put it out there, and you know trying to find a balance. Where you kind of have some of that energy left over to give is 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 hard, you know. It, but you know, when you're doing what you love, man, it just it just it, it, it you just muster it up and it comes out, you know. And at the end of the day, that's why I always tell people, like, man, don't worry about all that stuff, dude. Just let it happen. Just do your thing. Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew six thirty three. 
all day long and everything else should be added unto you and it's going to be all right you might be tired but <sighs> cheers to that what's yeah. what, what are you going to complain about <laughs> yeah you know cheers to that yeah you know, absolutely. who cares now, go on a vacation if you're tired. You know? <laughs> Although sometimes those can be with the kids. That can be not on vacations. So. Dude, yeah, that's not, yeah. If you go on a vacation with the kids, it's not a vacation. So, now, 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 as we get toward the end of this, johnnydayofficial.com, also on social media. But TikTok, I learned it's Johnny of, Johnny Day Official 1. So one. you got to add the 1. you got to add the Someone 1. Someone stole so, it. Someone got uh, it for me, man. You know, so, so you got to be careful on that. But... I'm guessing though you got some more music coming this year. You got an EP full album. What what can we expect? Man, I got a song coming out that oh my gosh, it's the best song I've ever cut in my life. It's the next one I'm putting out. I don't think I can talk, I can't mention the name yet, but it is man, it's my favorite song ever and uh man, it's going to be great. So that one's coming out in like 2 or 3 months. And then after that, I got another song. And then we either will release that fifth song that I've done with Jared and Blake, the 720. Um, we'll release it as a single or we'll release everything together as an EP in a package. So um, we'll see how it goes. We'll kind of play it by ear. Um, that's a, that's kind of the name of the game, too. You just kind of you know go out. Who knows? We might release the whole EP on the next release. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh yeah, there's we definitely got a lot of music. I mean, I got so much music to release. It's kind of like, man, I just need to just get this out because I can't. I'm sick of sitting on it, and then I get sick of making the same TikTok videos about the same song. So it's like, man, I need. To, I just want to make it about all these songs so I could have some variety in my own life, you know. But <laughs> it's like a commercial. You know how it is. Marketing is, you know, you got to play it seven million times for people even, you know, look at it. So that's what we're doing, man. We're doing. We're going hard too. So I'm excited. And it's gonna be great. And man, I just appreciate appreciate you having me on here. You know? Absolutely, My absolutely. Goodness. Now, now I gotta ask. Anything else? Tour? You going? Playing shows everywhere? What 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 else can folks expect from you the rest of the year? Man, if you're in Nashville, definitely come check out Midtown. I'll be down there doing a lot of songwriters rounds. You know, doing the whiskey jam thing. Um, uh, touring as of right now not yet not yet no tours lately but it could happen in like a month or two so i'm not saying it's not gonna happen but at the moment we don't got anything crazy scheduled so um but hopefully we're, we're working on changing that real quick so just just a matter of time before we come to a town near whoever's listening right now so and the best way to true. figure that out is you know johnnydayofficial.com and on social media he'll uh that's the best way exactly. to keep up with everything so Johnny, this was a blast, yeah. and I appreciate you sharing a drink with me and 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 t chatting with me. Dude, Jonathan, man, it's been my pleasure. Cheers to you, my friend. You're dang, what an interview! What an interview! That was incredible. You're something else, man. We got to keep in touch. <laughs>